Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ian Begley, of course, covers them for SNY. Joining us here on 92.3 The Fan. Ian, thank you so much for giving us a few moments. We appreciate it. What's happening, guys? How are you? We're good. Uh, well, we're trying to figure out. I, I, I guess we want some some frame of reference here into Donovan Mitchell tonight and how this game is going to go down. If he plays, if he doesn't play, he's probable. Uh, but give me the backstory. How close was Donovan to being a Nick and not a Cav in your mind? Man, I mean, you heard it from Donovan himself, and also you know just people around the discussions between the Knicks and the Cavs. They felt it was always going to be the Knicks, and it really turned on the Knicks deciding to extend R.J. Barrett instead of including him in a deal to Utah to get Donovan Mitchell. And then Cleveland circles back after that, and they get a deal done. And so it was very close. A lot of people thought it was just a matter of haggling over uh, a, a player from the Knicks or a draft pick from the Knicks, and they would get a deal done. And that was a feeling for a long time over the summer, uh, again, until the Knicks took a hard stance on R.J. Barrett and they felt the price was too high. And here we are, Knicks uh, struggling uh, with Mitch Robinson out, and Cleveland is where Cleveland is. So it wasn't Donovan's fault, we know that, but are we expecting booze for Donovan tonight? I don't think so. I mean, look, if you're a Knicks fan and you're upset, wouldn't you boo management? Because they are the ones who ultimately made the call not to deal for Donovan Mitchell. It wasn't his fault. I mean, he didn't. Like he demanded a trade and said, send me to XYZ, and he didn't include New York. Uh, so I would assume any ire would be directed at the organization, not Donovan Mitchell. He always has a lot of support in the building, uh, being a local kid, a local player, excuse me. And he usually enjoys putting on a show here. So it's going to be fun to see how things unfold at the Garden over the next few hours if Donovan does play. And it's so weird, you know, the Cavaliers have been like Jekyll and Hyde on the road this year. We don't really know which team's going to show up. I know the Knicks, you know, they're above 500. They're the seventh seed as, as it stands. They've they lost four in a row. Um, but what, what do we expect from this game tonight? I, I, I guess a competitive contest between both squads? You know, the Knicks have not been great at home. Uh, they were 11-13 at one point. I think they're still around that winning percentage at home. And Mitchell Robinson, the injury to Mitchell Robinson has really hurt them. I mean, it's, it's been obvious over the last couple of games because the, you can't replace what he does for them on both ends of the floor. So I would expect, you know, Donovan Mitchell, if he plays, I would expect Cleveland to win this game just based on how the Knicks have looked over the last two games after the Robinson injury. 
Um, it, it hasn't been pretty on the defensive end. And the Knicks got a big win against the Cavs. They really needed one here in early December when they were reeling. Um, and that, I think, turned their season around at that point to a degree. But based on where they are right now, they really struggled again at home and without Mitchell Robinson. I would assume the Cavs get it done tonight. How are the locals viewing the Jalen Brunson deal? I think they like it. I mean, look, you, you ask three Knicks fans their opinion, you get four different answers. <laughs> I think in general, they like it. I mean, Jalen Brunson gives them a steadying presence, uh, a point guard position that they haven't had that in you know more than two decades. So there's a reason, a lot of reasons, excuse me, to like the deal. Uh, the contract seemed excessive when it was signed, but now you look and you see the impact he's had on the court, off the court, and I think generally Nick fans are very pleased with the way Jalen Brunson has played thus far. Ian Beckley joining us here on 92.3 The Fan. Uh, what, so when you when you watch this Cavs team from a distance, uh, what is it that you like about this Cavs team? Outside of Donovan Mitchell, more focused on Mobley, Garland, and Allen. I mean, you, you said it right there. I think it's just the idea that you, you have a 1A, but then you look at your next three or four players, and they're all very talented players. Um, so the talent's there. I like the age of the roster. And the idea that, you know, this, this team could be together uh, over the next few years. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's free, wouldn't be a free agent. Uh, I think until three summers from now, maybe I'm wrong on that. But regardless, this group's going to be together for a while. And, and, and it's a very talented group. And it's a matter of kind of putting the right pieces together around those young players that you referenced and kind of those young players figuring out how to play together, play off of each other. But to me, there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic about where this team is, not only this year, but over the next few years. Yeah, what do you think about the Cavs and, and their chances this year? Obviously, they're, you know, they're uh, 29 and 19 right now. As I mentioned, they've kind of been a little bit inconsistent uh, sitting at the five seed. Uh, are, are, they, are they a team that you think could compete for the Eastern Conference? I mean, I don't know. I look at I look at Boston. I look at Milwaukee, yeah. and you know, Kevin Durant's healthy. Brooklyn's tough, and, and the idea with Cleveland, like it would be essentially their first time going through it together as yep. a group. I think it, you know, to get that experience, no matter if they win a series, win a second round series, just to get that experience together as a group will be big for them. But I I can't see them getting through the East just because of the teams that are in the conference and what they've done in the recent past and the idea that this team doesn't have that experience together. And you also do stuff with the Nets as well. And, and looking at it right now, it's Cavs-Nets would be the 4-5 matchup. Like, how far away? We know the talent with Brooklyn when they have KD on the court is much different than what they're currently going through, where it's Kyrie and it's Simmons and them trying to make things work. Uh, but how far away are the Cavs then to a team like even Brooklyn if they had a 4-5 matchup? Well, I'll go back to last year. I mean, and it's probably so much has changed between last year and this year for both teams. But Cleveland played those Nets teams really tough, really tough, and uh, especially late in the regular season. And so uh, I, I think about that a little bit, and I also think about with the Nets, you know, they're, they're not a deep team. So, you know, if there's an injury or if there's a matchup that is really not in their favor, they don't have a ton of depth to kind of mix and match off their bench. So I think it'd be a very good series if everybody's healthy. Uh, and especially, you know, look at what the Nets did last year against Boston. Nobody saw them getting swept by the Celtics, but they did. So I think if you're Cleveland, you have to like that matchup based on the recent history. All right, last one, Ian. Uh, 
you know, Steve Kerr talked about 72 game season based off of uh, you know all the back to backs and the fact that uh, Golden State came in here and there was no Steph Curry, there was no Clay Thompson, there was no Draymond Green, no Andrew Wiggins, and then the next night Giannis and Chris Middleton were both out in back to back appearances against the Cavs in Cleveland. Uh, do you feel like I know you don't have this problem with Madison Square Garden? People show up to Madison Square Garden in New York, uh, but for people in Cleveland, we worry about these type of things. Should the should the NBA uh, be more focused about either shortening games or finding a way to limit load management? Yeah, I don't. But shortening games, I can't see owners getting behind that because you're biting into the team revenue in a significant way. So I think it's it's more so. Uh, up to the league, players' association, and owners to try to figure out ways to lessen the uh, players, you know, sitting out second games of back-to-backs. And the league has they've they've gotten rid of a lot of the back-to-backs. They've gotten rid of some of the three games and four night stretches where guys are resting. So they've they've done they've made I think uh, strides in that area. But if you're in the league and you're looking at overall product, you, you can't have players sitting the way they're sitting, stars sitting the way they're sitting. And, and justify it to you know each local fan base. So something has to be done. I'd be surprised if they cut games off the regular season schedule again because ownership is not going to sign off on that. So you have to figure out another way to at least lessen the problem a little bit. Well, how do you make the regular season matter more? Like I know they've talked about uh, splitting it up between championships in like December and doing all these different type of ideas, but how do you make? Because that's the real problem: is the regular season just doesn't yeah. matter enough for these big stars. And and also I think like the the Yes, the, the bar has been set so low in terms of allowing guys to rest and, and rest being important and keeping guys fresh, you know, over the course of the season. I think the norm has been set to a point where nobody's really that surprised when, when what you guys referenced earlier, Giannis and Chris Middleton are sitting, or Steph Curry sitting, and it's terrible for the fans. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, if it's how do you make the regular season count more. I think that the mid-season tournament is going to help with that whenever they implement it. But I think the, the idea that, you know, it's so easy to sit guys and have guys rest when they're healthy, I think that's got to be addressed in some way, shape, or form. Ian, great stuff, man. We appreciate you giving us a few minutes. Enjoy the game tonight. Anytime, fellas. You take care. They've never in the history of time decided West Games is the answer. Look where these sports leagues have always gone. You've always added games. You've never taken games away. More games equals more money. But I really do think there is, if you want to address the issue, how much of it is the fact that Steve Kerr has no incentive to try to amuse John and Parma, who's never gotten to see his favorite warrior player in Steve Kerr. Uh, he's got Steph no reason. Curry. Sorry, did I say Steve Kerr? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, my bad. But you understand what I'm saying. Like, he's got no reason to go ahead and try to make sure that, uh, you know, Jack and Solon has the greatest night of his life and gets to see his favorite player in Draymond Green or gets to see his favorite player in Clay Thompson. Like, it's just not, it's not something that's built in to why Steve Kerr would want to do that as opposed to resting in a back to back and then making sure that his guys are healthy for the postseason when it matters the most. One thing I hated about Friday was, is, is that, like, you didn't know until, like, two o'clock on Friday. That those guys were all going to not play. Yeah, I mean, if we had some sort of a heads up, at least would help some of the fans, the local fans that that spent a lot of money on those tickets to go to the game. But in the in the end, what's sad is the Cavaliers lost the freaking game. It was an absolute disaster. Oh. One of the worst games you could possibly imagine. And it has me where right now I just can't I can't look at the Cavs as anything but inconsistent. Yeah. 
Has it dampened your expectations for what this Cavs team is, though, Dustin? Because when you go through a stretch here, think about the recent stretch. Wednesday, you go toe-to-toe with the team in Memphis without Donovan, by the way. Yep. You go, you match them point for point until the very end. J.B. Bickerstaff makes a little bit of a boneheaded decision in my mind. Well, I made a couple boneheaded decisions in my mind in the final 30 seconds, but you were right mm-hmm. there. Without Donovan, without your best player, you were right there with one of the best teams in the West. Friday, then, you lay an egg. Saturday, does it even matter? Did it even count without Giannis and without Middleton? Probably not. And then you're going to go in the stretch here. You got a three-game stretch against teams that aren't really world beaters. You know, like who cares if you beat the Knicks even on the road at the Garden? Who cares? Well, I mean, every every game matters. I mean, um, especially with Donovan coming back. Like this is a game that. You know, you're playing at Madison Square Garden. I mean, it's a big, it's a big deal. I no, mean, but what I mean is their chances to tell us who they are and to prove to us that they're uh, this team that should be right like now. A they're consistent fourth. team. Yeah, right now they're fourth in the East. Right. Show us why you deserve to be a top three team in the East, and show us why you deserve to have the uh, not have the four or five play in game where you may play Brooklyn, and then if you get bounced, uh, like tell us why we should think that you've made a leap from one year to the next outside of watching Donovan Mitchell be awesome. I think that's fair. I don't think I'm putting like crazy, unrealistic expectations on this team. Just give me a reason night in, night out, why you are as good as your record has, to- has told right. me you are and why you're as good as everyone else is trying to make you seem to be. I think that's fair. 216-578-0092. John, I'm next on the fan. Hello, John. Yo, John. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, what's up, John? How are you, man? Hey, not much. Since you guys are on topic of talking about these players in the NBA needing rest and whatnot with all the with the scheduling. I know you guys don't talk hockey on the station, but why would we? I mean look look at these NHL players that are taking a beating night in, night out, and their season is just as long, if not longer. I was just wondering what your thoughts are on that. All right, thank you, John. I I wish I had deeper Uh, thoughts for you. I just don't. I the one thing I'd say is that hockey players are some of the toughest badasses on the planet. They are. That's for sure. uh, They pretty much don't ever back down from anything. It's a mentality. Yeah. You have it built into the sport that you're the toughest guys to ever play anything. And they are. And And they 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 really are. It's a bunch of tough dudes that constantly play that sport. Yeah. Which it's basically a bunch of Navy SEALs with ice (laughs) skates. (laughs) Navy SEALs with ice skates. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Are you calling NBA players a little soft? Uh, I mean, they're not. They're not Navy SEALs with ice skates. When did we get to that point? With you know, what? Where it felt like uh, on any given night you could see one of your favorite players just take the night off. Like I remember growing up, I you know grew up in Chicago. I'm a big Jordan guy. Yep. Right. I got to see Jordan once growing up because tickets. It's twenty thousand the United Center when Jordan's playing. Tickets were unbelievably expensive. You saw, right? you saw him play in person once. Once. I grew against, up in Chicago. Two? The Hawks. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's those moments you just don't forget, right? And you go through and they do the whole uh, the opening ceremony and everything and the from North Carolina and, mm-hmm. and like it's you just you just never forget those moments right six six the whole thing and like could you imagine how crushed I would have been if like the one chance in my in my childhood to see at the time was my sports idol to see him live and Man. if you would have been like yep tonight's my load management night the Hawks aren't very good right now <laughs> I would have been crushing I've been absolutely crushing and there's kids in Northeast Ohio that have that all the time now no doubt. It's it's just it's the worst, absolute worst. But it wasn't always that way. It really wasn't. At some point, the NBA fans, and and I feel like this is where I brought Brandon Staley in the equation with the NFL. Our sports fandom, we let logic get in the way of anything, and it makes the most sense for these coaches 
to make sure that you don't have a final situation like the Warriors had a couple years ago where Clay blows out his knee and then it's like, oh, we have no chance against the Raptors now. We're just done. Or Kyrie blowing out his knee and now we have no chance against the Warriors. Exactly right. Same situation. Exactly. Kevin Love blowing out his shoulder and then we have no chance against the Warriors. Yeah. You get the point. I almost want to I'm blame Kelly Olenek. Yeah, no, you didn't, sound, you didn't sound bitter about it. Yeah. But like... It's tough. The whole thing is tough. Eric, up next in the fan. Hello, Eric. Well, good, good evening, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. And, good and JP, you're making me want to vomit with all this Golden State talk. Could you, could you please stop? But uh, listen, uh, <laughs> what I want to say uh, real quick is I know the NBA has their, their time frame, but you got to look at that, that month of April. There's only like the Cavs only got like three, maybe four games scheduled in April because I know they get ready to start their playoffs. But I realize that they start the season two weeks earlier than what they used to. But they ended at the same time. Won't they started two weeks earlier than what they used to, and then started later two weeks than what they stopped it, ended two weeks later than what they what they normally do, and maybe extend the playoffs by one week. It is still in um, the third week of June, which is you know plenty of time for them to go into their free agency and this and that. And so I, that that the eighty two games, I think it matters for the competition standpoint. And look, LeBron don't he just built different. He don't take unless he's legitimately injured. He doesn't take days off. So to your point. Yeah, these players are not built the way they used to be built. And with Steve Kerr, you know, I know he had his little empathy speech about changing the schedule and whatnot, but that was pretty much egregious sitting on his top players. Eric, will you stop talking about the Warriors? You're making me sick, man. You, yeah, you're absolutely right. But I just to my point because he makes me, you know, he makes me sick sometimes with all his empathy talk. But when it comes to his team, he really, really don't really mean it for real. For real. He, just, he just says it for headlines. I mean, God's sake. So started maybe a week earlier in October, ended maybe a week or two later in April, you can still fit the 82 games, and you can still keep the competition strong. So that, that would be my takeaway out of that, that NBA schedule thing. All right, thank you, Eric. Appreciate you, man. What do you, what do you think about that, Dustin? Wait, which part? The part that Eric mentioned. That seems like it was really hard for me to follow. That's why I was like, what do you think about yeah, that, I, Dustin? Yeah, I, I, I wasn't really following it either. That's why I tried I, to follow it the best I, I could. That's why I, I tried to have you bail me out. I know. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. I was like, I'm as lost as you All are. right, so we'll just move on. <laughs> yeah, basically. Okay, sounds good. Okay, good. Chris, up next on the fan. Chris, Hello, what's Chris. up? Yo, Chris. Mr. Fox, Mr. Wilson, how are you guys doing today? No, it's not Mr. Wilson. It's Mr. Peter. Mr. Peterlin. How are you, Chris? Oh, gotcha. Sorry. Just That's got right. on here, though. But I wanted to comment on what you're talking about with the NBA. Uh, it comes down to setting your roster and making the correct decision when resting your players throughout the year, which I think JV is doing great this year. You know, How often have we seen the true lineup that's going to be in the playoffs? This year, you know, when we get once we get into the playoffs, it's about managing your roster. And what I love about the schedule is that there's almost a game every other night, almost like the MLB. I love it. We're in a lull, you know, lull of the season. The NFL for us is over. We're waiting for spring training with the Tribe, and we're just sitting here. And, you know, I look forward to these games. I wish there was even more games. And going to that Golden State loss, yeah, it was it, it was very disappointing. There is no team in the NBA that was going to beat that team that night. They they hit what forty four percent. No, but they were wide I mean, open. Was the problem, Chris? I, I, I understand that, but our game is inside game. Like we tried to keep up with them, and we should have stuck with our plan with those layups. You know, to Jared Allen and to, to Mobley, and it just going back and forth. You know, you got to keep up with it. And as Doherty was saying throughout the game, there's like this is unsustainable. This is unsustainable. You know what? It That's is what unsustainable. I, I kept betting the fourth quarter for the Cavs. Yeah. I, I was betting the money on They did it. They, that night, they Friday. did it. There was no team yeah, in the oh, yeah. NBA that was, you know, was going to beat them that night. It mm-hmm. just happened. 
they are doing from top to bottom, from Kobe to uh, to uh, JB to the front office, everyone uh, ownership. They are a class act organization. They turn this 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 system around quicker than anybody of us ever thought they would. And to get someone like Mitchell in his prime in a, in, in a trade, what we gave up, that's unheard of. How did he pull that off? So anyone to be disappointed in what the Cavs have done so far this season, they're out of their mind and they're not a true NBA player. They're not, they weren't at the Coliseum back with world be free. They don't know what, we, what we've gone through. You should not be disappointed in this organization or this team at all. In fact, I want more games and I want more nights because I love yeah. watching them. Give me and another, you know give me another world love, be free. I, world be Free! I love listening to you guys, man. Have a good night. All right, Thanks, buddy. Thank Chris. you. <laughs> World be free. You ever go back and look at some of his numbers? Uh, no, nah, but that, that could be a, another rabbit hole I go down. He's absolutely trash, man. <laughs> like, like his, his NBA numbers just do not hold. And I, it was a different time, and I understand all that. Uh, but like relative to other players of that era, I, I like, listen, I'm not going to tell you I grew up with World be free because I didn't. He played <laughs> 20 years before I was born. Right. Uh, but like, I, I, you know, I heard a lot about world be free and I, my father and my love world be free. And so you hear all this about him, and, and then you, you, you go back and you look at the numbers and you try to stack them up against other people in his era. Eey. Yikes. Yikes. Big yikes. Yeah. Big yikes. Great name though. All time. Great name. Would have been awesome to watch as he put up a meager stat line night in, night out. Uh, Ray up next in the fan. Hello, Ray. Hey, Ray. Hey, what's up, fellas, man? How y'all feeling? Hey, Ray, how are you? Feeling good, man. I'm doing good. Yo, I got a quick comment. Yo, this low management is sickening, right? Now, let's be honest. Growing up, I was Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers fans, and it's going to shock you. I used to love Mark Price, Craig Elo, Ron. Like, that was, that was my team, right? Them guys play just every game, right? Kobe said it best. It's up. Their, their job is to be in shape to play these 83 games. And it's all about money because they're, they're, they're making more money than they know what to do with coming out. And that's why you got this low management. Like, the only way we're going to stop this if, you know, how if, – if, if your favorite player is not resting or, or, or resting that day, if the fans get to leave, let's say, before the end of the first quarter and get a refund. And the, and the owners start seeing how much money they're actually losing because nobody wants to go see this. Or maybe they should start winning with the Cavs. Remember the Cavs with, with the LeBron? They were blowing everybody out and taking no family photos. And they wasn't um, playing the guys in the fourth quarter because the game was already over. Because they have to take it from the NFL. The NFL started load managing by changing the way guys practice. And now look at all the injuries that's happening to the NFL guys. So mm, that's you, have a good point. In shape. you have to be in shape. To play these games, this is your job. Like how this is your job to do this, and, and it's unfair to the fans who just like you, like just like you said, you saw Jordan one time, dude. I was fortunate enough to go to the Cavs games and see Craig Elo and Ron Harper and those guys play. Unless it was injuries, like so. This is this is the difference between what's happening now and the disconnect of what's going on now is that these guys are not professionals. They're just making money. They're not professionals on no level. All right, good call. Thank you, Ray. I appreciate That's you, right. man. I like that point about like, can the NBA just do something in practice to make it like NBA players play all the time, though, is the difference, I think, right? Like, yeah. like NFL players, it's not known to play every single day. That's not really a thing. But NBA players, 
I remember the, the big controversy around Zion when Zion was uh, still in college, and then he had that whole he had the the issue at the very end, and they're like, "Well, should he play? Should he not play? Should he just sit out?" And it's like Zion was like, "I hope this is what hoopers do. We 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 play every day regardless. Anyway, I'm going to go out there and play. Was this I'm not like when he got hurt it. prior to the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they were debating whether or not he should even try to come back in time yeah. and do all that stuff. And he was like, "I play. This is this is what I do. Like, you're I'm a basketball player. I play every single day regardless. This is what they do." They play every single day, then, but then why is it that Kawhi will put so much effort into two-hour practice on that day, uh, but then decide during the game, eh, rather not? That's fair. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.